0: Welcome to the Car Dealer Pro podcast, today we've got Joe Betty from Beryl Motors and a YouTube channel Shifting Metal, so I've got a bit of a celebrity on the podcast. Hardly. Well I think you are, I've I've looked at all your videos now, well not all of them because there's absolutely loads of them isn't there and uh, it's it's just right interesting and you've got, how many subscribers have you got? Uh,
1: Just under about 29,000 at the moment. But it's, yeah, yeah, it goes up fairly quickly, luckily, so. uh...
0: Well, that was it, because I looked into it, and um, you've been posting videos for about a year, is that right?
1: Yeah, about that. Um, I suppose the truth is, I probably, I I used to do YouTube when I had another business before, so I had about 15,000 subscribers from that, a completely unrelated kind of business sector. And then I started again just, I thought, I have wanted to do it forever and started again about a year ago, I guess. So I've built from there. I probably lost a few thousand and then I've gained some back. So yeah, uh, yeah. now we're about 29.
0: And how quick did it, um, you know, like escalate? Was it Was it pretty quick?
1: It doesn't feel like it when you start off. But I think, um, like the first video I posted, I think was like a, I bought a, an old Porsche Boxster for about 1500 quid. And I thought, oh, that will make an interesting video. So I went out and filmed with it. I didn't, the sound was awful. I was on, I was filming it on the beach. So I thought that would look good, but you couldn't hear me talking because it was so windy. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and that, um, got about a thousand views or something. So I think, you know, it took a good few months and figuring out what it was you wanted to post and get your confidence speaking and, you know, yeah. not being quite yeah. as robotic and looking as awkward. Um, yeah. I'd say the majority of the growths happened since January. I, I don't know what it is I posted, but I think I, I gained something like 5,000 subscribers in January. I can't remember what it was I posted, but I think uh, YouTube's a bit of a dark art. You know, you can work away forever and nothing happens, and all of a sudden it does, and then if you're riding a wave, you've just got to keep riding it. So
0: Yeah, you've just got to stick at it, haven't you?
1: And, yeah, yeah, I think it's consistency, even um, if it doesn't seem like it's paying off to start off with.
0: That's it, and you know, most people you know I, I, you know, i'm guilty of this is being too shy to do it yeah you know? and just you know doing this podcast i don't get shy doing it at all because it's just me with the mic and you know trying to help people and whatnot but for me to go and do a youtube video i don't know what it is i just can't get past that mental barrier of mm. thinking right i, I think and do it
1: yeah Um, uh, For me, anyway, can only speak for me? I know you get this uh, idea of you watch some people on YouTube or on, especially on TV doing car-related stuff, and you think, well, they're an expert. They know everything about everything. And if someone brings up some random, obscure car, they know every detail about it and when it was released and whatever, which is not me, you know. I'm like the non-car guy, car guy. I like cars. I like anything with an engine, but I'm not, like, fanatic about the different models and engine codes and stuff like that. So I was conscious that people were just going to tear into me that i got all the information wrong and to start off with i did um and people would yeah, be yeah. like "That's you know I, i'd make just kind of um slip of the tongue type stuff referring to porsches as having like a straight six engine rather than a flat six even though i would have said <laughs> flat six at the beginning and then you say straight six further on people just want to jump on you and give you a hard time yeah but i think that, after
0: that's why I've, I've pulled away from doing it because i am not a car guy at all
1: no a but I degree. don't think that matters, and I think maybe people appreciate that to a degree, because I will say, like, you know, I don't know, I'm not the mechanic, I don't know what it needs fixing, you know, I, I'm just, I just buy and sell them, you know, it's outsider I yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't think you have to be, I think, you know, if it's something you attempted to do, you just, you just got to do it. And I think yeah, it I will it know. will pay off, it will pay off.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, that's what I wanted to get to, you know. Um, another thing, what I think comes across very good with you is you you just being yourself. Yeah, you know, and that—that's the main thing, isn't it? You've just got to be. If you're not yourself, people are just going to switch off, aren't they?
1: Yeah, and I guess maybe that's the first worrying thing, isn't it? You think I'm going to be myself, but maybe no one will like me. You know, (laughs) Uh, I'll just—I'll just be dead boring, which is exactly what I thought. I thought I'd just be a dead boring type of character, and I think I probably am. You know, I'm not. You know, I'm not like super animated, but. Yeah, I don't know. There's, it, it, I it?
0: it's, and I said this about the high peaks. Oh, god, I, I feel so bad forgetting his name, High Peaks. And he's, he has like a quarter of a million bloody viewers, but it is. And I said this last week it, it's boring, but it's meditative. Yeah, it? <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: that's the right
0: word. It's like meditating, watching it, you can just yeah. switch off.
1: That's and it. You can just kind of sit at home cool. and decompress watching someone else talking about it. And it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. if so you're that. in the car trade, it's a bit like, yeah, you take the reins, you tell me about what's happening. And I haven't, it's nice to see one that I haven't got to worry about.
0: Yeah. And you know, it was because I watched High Peaks and um, the one he done last week of uh, the day in the life of a car trader. Yeah. I've seen it, but it was brilliant because he said, some days I love this job and some days I detest this job. And I thought, oh, thank God for that. I thought it was just me that felt like this.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah. And
0: he went through all the bollocks that he goes through during the day. He got a recorded letter. A customer um, was giving him some grief. Uh, He he picked up a car from the main dealers that had scuffs on it. Uh, Inside, they had a dog. And, you know, he was really gutted about the car. And mm. I think that's exactly the stuff that I go through every day. And you always think the other traders are having it off. Yeah, yeah. They got all these problems, but we've all got the same problems, haven't we?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, I think I probably have more problems than most. <laughs> you know, <I've>, but, <laughs> that's uh,
0: what I think.
1: <laughs> but. Um... Yeah, no, 100%, 100%. Yeah, it's all of those sorts of things. You, it's, I guess it's one of those jobs, you can have like the real great highs, you you have a week where you sell loads of cars, you are like, this is amazing, we're going to smash our record and all this sort of stuff. And uh but then like you say, you know, someone comes through and they want to claim off you because their windscreen wiper fell off nine months after they bought the car <laughs> and they're taking you to court, you know, and it's just the crap you got to deal with. Uh, or you just get, you know, those weeks you just get where it's like one warranty call after another. Something's gone oh. wrong. Something's gone wrong. Something's. Yeah. You know, how can I possibly have had this many cars that we checked out and were fine, yeah. and now there's something wrong with them? And then you do get like the idiots on YouTube who are like, "Oh well, I'm not surprised." that You know, you, the, the cars you sell, you're obviously selling dodgy old whatever, and it's just like <laughs> yeah. it, it's a mechanical machine with like fifty thousand parts inside of it. Something's going to go wrong at some point, isn't it? The
2: it is. point is.
1: The, the kind of customer service doesn't really come into play until something goes wrong. And then we can fix it. You know, it's, all, it's easy to sell brand new cars and then hand it over to the service department. But we've got to do it all, haven't
0: we? Uh, yeah, we, it's all on our shoulders. And yeah. that was another thing he, he said. What actually happens to me, he said his eye was twitching. He said, I know I'm stressed out because my eye's twitching. And that yeah. happens to me occasionally, just when, like you say, you'll get a warranty call And you can guarantee it that same day, you'll get another warranty call, won't you? And Mm. then it it all comes at once, doesn't it? Yeah. That's what I find. But when you get through that, it makes you like that cliche what doesn't break you makes you stronger. And Mm. it does, doesn't it? You know, sometimes I have engines shit themselves on me, and it's just like water off a duck's back now.
1: Yeah, 100%.
0: That's how you deal with it, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's, you just get used to it, don't you? It's just a cost of business. And if you know you're still going to end up, you know, at the end yeah. of the year looking okay, then does it really matter? It's just...
0: It doesn't. Yeah, it's just... Part, it's This is the life we have chosen. And this is what we've got to get... This is what you've got to get used to, you know. Something I like, always... What... Yeah, sorry.
1: Sorry, go on. Oh, no, you'll go a I was just going to say something like... Something my mum always used to say to me, probably when I was being dramatic about something. She was like, nothing's ever as good or as bad as you're expecting it to be you know like it's one of those like all our fears lie anticipation so if you've got a couple of people who have phoned up on warranties in one day in the morning or whatever the minute you get in the door and you're answering warranty after warranty and it's like oh god like this is going to be hell you're never going to get through it but you just get through and deal with it and then they're never as bad as you think you know sometimes they are sometimes an engine's gone but nine times out of ten you're like okay bring it in you plug it in you're like okay it's a wheel speed sensor chuck that on and off it goes and It's not the end of the world, but it's just when you get it all in one go, isn't it? And it's kind of...
0: Yeah. It just just stresses you out. And do you know what the worst case scenario is? You just give the customer the money back.
1: Yeah. Exactly.
0: And then you can... And if you
1: go about it the right way, I don't think we've ever had like a bad review, despite having been taken to court, but never had a bad review because I've just bought one back yesterday... um, and I'll add to go up with a truck and collect it again. Something just, it was like an old little RAV4 thing. But if at any point the customer's like, oh, I'm not, you know, I've, something happened. Like, Can we take it to go and get it checked out? It's got a bit of a rattly noise or something, you know, like, from the suspension. Fine, go and get that done. And then it was, you know, something else. The thingy, the shock absorber was knackered or something. And they lose faith, basically. Yeah. And rather than being like, "Wow, we've got a right to repair it" and all this sort of stuff, just saying, look, if you have lost faith, no problem. I don't want you being unhappy. Give them the money back, get the car back. There's always another customer for a car, of course
2: there is.
1: And you know, then then you've been the you know you've given good customer service, haven't you? You've taken the stress off them because most people it's super stressful buying a car.
0: And the other so, thing uh, is, you've given them the money back, and they're out of your life. You haven't got to deal yep. with them again. You know, because if anything else goes wrong. You're just dreading that. Not dreading the phone call, but it, 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 it you No, know, nine times out of ten, you get another phone call from them, don't you? Yeah. The super, um, uh, what's the word? Over paranoid about the car.
1: Yeah. And then I am. Um, to- I I used, used to work with a guy who was very much the opposite. He would kind of he kind of knew his rights. He had a right to repair it, and he didn't ever want to give anyone his money back. And I think it was because he was an idiot and he used to spend it long before he'd, you know, yeah. there was no chance of ever paying it back. But you should try and say to him, sometimes it's it's not a bad car. You can just get, not a bad customer, but it's not the wrong car. It's the wrong customer. So yeah. just get it back yeah. and sell it to someone else because they'll be picking a, oh, it. Oh, this, this gear knob spins a little bit or whatever or yeah. something. Yeah. And they're yeah. complaining about it. Don't spend forever trying to fix it and get it right or whatever. The next person yeah. won't care. So yeah. Yeah. just yeah. don't worry about it. Yeah. Get out of it and on to the next one.
0: Yeah, that's it. Just do the deals. Get onto the next deal, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, so from this doing this YouTube channel, how's it affected your business? Have you had loads more customers, sales-wise, or I, have you just created a lot more confidence with you? Or a lot more? Oh God, what's the word? Um, oh God, I can't think of the word you're out there everyone knows about you yeah a bit
1: more sort of presence i suppose what was, yeah. It, yeah 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 um i don't know how much it's affected sales i'm sure it has to a degree because we've had people which is really nice people are like oh i enjoy your videos so much and you come across as so genuine etc cetera, etc cetera, that um we're in the market for a car, so we just looked at your website until we found something that we wanted so you specific specifically wanted to buy something from us because of the youtube so there is definitely that um i always try and promote that we've got a car buying service because that's obviously one of the hardest parts of the job isn't it buying decent stock so we do well out of that and we'll travel all over to go and pick up cars and at least we get to check them over and you know negotiate a good deal sort of thing good for everyone um so it's definitely helped in that regard um and then yeah i mean you get paid for it as well so that all adds yeah um so yeah, it's definitely made, I think, yeah, I think in a marketing sense, it's made the biggest difference I've ever yeah. made. And do you
0: get that when customers turn up and they see you and they're like, oh, it's him, it's him off the YouTube channel? We do get that,
1: yeah. or the guys in the garage would give me a right hard time about it because <laughs> we've had it before. Someone comes in, they'll speak to Dan who sits on the desk. He's like our manager and he's sort of, can I help? And they're like, no, we don't want you. We want the famous one. <laughs> <laughs> and then everyone just keeps coming in there and saying, hi, oh, can I speak to the famous one? Uh, um, which, is, which is very odd, but it's very flattering and it's always nice to meet the people and um, whatever. But yeah, it does. It, it, we, again, it's one of those things you get like a week where it's people just coming through the door every day, which is yeah. um, it's a, a bit mind-blowing, really.
0: Oh, yeah. It's so, brilliant. It's brilliant. And the thing is, it doesn't cost you anything to do, does it? It's just y- your time, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And luckily, I enjoy it. Like we were saying when we spoke before, you like the podcast because it kind of fills your creative side.
3: Yeah, like yeah. This
1: feels that for me as well. I I, lo- I live for making things, you know, something that wasn't there before and is now, whether that be building something something to do with a I don't know, a car or a home project or something, but um businesses, but the videos as well. You know, you've got a video at the end of it and it's there forever. And yeah. um yeah, yeah that's I just great. find it satisfying.
0: It is yeah, it's definitely like say when I do a podcast at the end of it. And I've edited it and I've put it out there. It's a really satisfying um, feeling, isn't it? Once you've done it. yeah, A sense of achievement, really, isn't it?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I kind of um, live for those to kind of make myself, I don't know, feel like I am doing the right things. You know, like, yeah, yeah, I don't know how to describe it, but um, your day-to-day job, doing the car sales and whatever can just all merge into one can't it you know there's yeah. no real like oh we made x amount today i don't sit down and do the calculations and okay we had a good day today or we had a bad day today in fact i try and avoid it as much as possible and just yeah. uh I, you know i hate the accounts but yeah like you say the podcast or the videos or something that's something at the end of the day that's going to come out later and i feel good about that and yeah
0: you do um, you feel like really good sense of satisfaction and it's like promoting your business so it's, it's a win-win win situation and the the people listening to this or watching this so your business like can you sum it up in two minutes
1: i'm sure i can do it in about 30 seconds i imagine um (laughs) so we are a used car sales and service center based in burnham-on-sea so we we stock anything from like 30 to 40 cars and we've also got a workshop, got two mechanics working in there full time. We've got a valeter we've got a manager, we've got myself, uh, we've got a driver as well. So we do lots of transport stuff. So if anyone wants transport stuff done, give us a shout. Um, so we do a bit of everything, really. Um, yeah, I think there's not much else to it other than that. I what, try to document what, what everything. Do do,
0: what do you do in the day-to-day running? My
1: day-to-day, I try to manage um, sourcing stock... However, that the auctions through our car buying service, um, or yeah, anything really, and promotion really. Um, I, I well, what I'd like it to be would be buying the stock, sourcing the stock, and doing promoting, marketing. So the YouTube videos, things like that, getting up our part exchanges, doing videos on those, maybe reviewing cars and whatever, um, and just planning how, you know, as I said before, I want to get an MOT center. So it's planning those sorts of things um, and try and leave everything else to everyone else who's got their specific roles, really. So sales, I try and avoid if I can, because it's just time consuming as much as I like it. And everyone likes doing a deal. It's just time consuming. And, you know, you could, someone could pop in to have a look at a car and you could spend two hours of them at the end of it. They're going to go away and never think and speak to the missus and
0: yeah. all that sort
2: of stuff.
1: <laughs> and for me, that is... Upsetting when I could have been two hours of something else, you know. Yeah. So, um, it's
0: infuriating, isn't it? When because my, my salesman he went on holiday last week, so I was dealing with all the sales and I just realized how much I, I don't, I love doing it when somebody is up for buying a car straight away. It's the best yeah. feeling in the world, but yeah. when people are wasting your time, it is, it, it's infuriating, isn't it? Um, yeah. I just find
1: it a bit like, just you just walk away a bit dejected, don't you? You know, you spent all that time, you've given them all the answers they want, you've ticked every box, every question they ask, they've got the answer they wanted. Yeah. Um, this, I get it. There's gonna people need to make decisions slowly or whatever, but yeah, there's there's certain scenarios, things that I guess I'm just a bit too impatient for these days. You know, someone saying no, it's not going to be the car for me, but I may as well test drive it while I'm here, and you're like, no, no you're not, all right, not
0: going to do that.
1: Sorry, we haven't got time for that.
0: Last week, I said when someone turned up, I watched your video as well last night about the um, the, the ten ca- questions car dealers ate. That was yep. brilliant. That, that was brilliant. There was two yeah. on there. So there was two that I thought of after that I ate, and yep. it's not a question; it's an opening sentence mm-hmm. from a customer when they will go, oh, "I'm just looking for a car for my daughter." Right, and you know that. The daughter isn't going to like the car that the dad likes.
1: No. Nope.
0: So last week nope. this bloke come in and he's, yeah, I want to look at this car. I'm like, but look, you, has your daughter seen it? No, she hasn't. Mm. Well, she's not going to like it, is she? Yeah, yeah, but I know, I know she might. I said, I've been doing this for 10 years and I don't think any dad has walked in and said, oh, I'm looking for a car for my daughter or son and they've actually liked it. It's just a complete waste of your time, isn't it?
1: Even worse, if they come and they say, yeah, what she really wants is a Fiat 500, but I've seen the, I don't know, 4K a you've got. And I, it's basically the same thing, isn't it? You're like, well, it's basically <laughs> the same car, but this is a teenage girl we're talking about. You know, they're, they're yeah. just, there's no logic. If that's what they want, that's what they want, isn't it? They're not going to be happy yeah. with 4K a 4 So,
0: And then I'll say to them, well, have you got lots more to see? And they'll normally say, oh, well, I've just started my search now. Mm. And I always say, well, go and look at all the other cars and then come and see us. Yeah. Because I just don't want to get my time wasted at all. And then the other one that I open in sentences, a family or friend will go, I need a car. Can you find me a car? I
3: hate that.
0: I hate that. Like, well, I'm going to go and look at, like, 50,000 cars and try and find you the ideal one. You know, they, and they, the they, the
1: one time you do, and you get the one thing that ticks all the boxes, and they're just like, ah, oh, we found something else, or ah, oh, I, one I one. changed my mind, I want something different now, or whatever, or I don't really, I don't, oh, I'm sorry to be such a pain, but I don't really want it. Do you know what I mean? It's just like, oh, God. It's
0: so annoying. So yeah, yeah, you're right. Sales, it's good when it's good, but it's terrible when it's terrible. So will you? So with me, I think I'm in a similar sort of role where. You know, I, I stay away from sales. But what I get bogged down with is all the admin crap. So, mm. you know, you're buying cars and then I'm having to pay for them. Do you, do you? Are you in the same scenario where you buy it, you pay for it, you add it to your stock book, then you've got to add it to your website. That at the minute is really, it's draining, you know, because obviously the more cars you get, the more time you're investing in all this side of things.
2: Yeah.
1: Do
0: do same thing, or have you got someone who does that for you?
1: I I do, generally, yeah. I did have one of the valeters that I had before, but I've just had to recently let him go, actually, Um did all the photography of the cars and would list them and do the walk-around videos and things like that. So that was yeah. a massive kind of job off my plate. But uh, obviously, he's not there now. So I've been, So let's say Thursday, Friday last week, I must have listed like eight or nine cars, and it pretty much took me the whole... Two days in between doing you everything else I had to do, buying cars, dealing with staff and yeah. whatever. It's it's quite a you know a big endeavor, even though I feel like I do it twice as fast as he did. Um so yeah, I, I will have to get someone to do that again because I just I just can't afford the time to um to do that all the time. But yeah, I do all the finances and a lot of the admin. Um, which I I do it's difficult, isn't it? Cause you always get to a certain stage and you think I can't quite manage this and I'd rather be spending my time on the things that would grow the business somehow. And if I had say someone who came in and did admin and had, you know, if I, there's always something that's harder to do, isn't it? Like say like giving someone the access to the bank account so that they could pay for the, cars and things like that but currently as it's set up it's it's my own bank account so it's linked to all my own personal bank accounts and everything so i don't want to give that to a member of staff so i'd have to set them up as another user and there's all the admin involved in that i guess if you had an admin person they could do that for you um but you you know we've got the accountant obviously but having someone who is a bit of a bookkeeper and who is almost there, we could almost, we could, we're almost at the stage where we could do with someone who answers the phone and does the bookkeeping and directs all the calls to the right person rather than yeah. everyone else running around scrambling for the phone. But then you've got to find space for everyone. And, yeah, you know, you've got to make sure that you're making the money to pay those wages and everything else. So
0: And in your head, you say, oh, it's only going to take me two minutes to pay for this car. Yeah. That's what goes through my head all the time. Oh, it, only t- it only takes two minutes, but yeah. it doesn't, does it? It takes no. longer than two minutes.
1: It's, it's the same as well with our like, car buying service because I do all those payments by bank transfer. So that means I've either got to be at home or at the garage or somewhere that I've got internet so I can get on the laptop because it's the only way I can do. With Santander, you can't do a new payment through your phone. It has to be through the computer. Yeah. Uh, sometimes I'll be somewhere else where I've got like sketchy internet and it doesn't really work and it takes forever. It's only me that could do it. But if someone else at the garage who was always there, always with internet had access to do it, they could just do that payment and you know, it'd be done. And it wouldn't. And then also it wouldn't be me that had to sit on the phone to Santander fraud department for an (laughs) hour and a half on the 15th time that we've paid some money because they're like, Oh, do you regularly buy cars? It's like, yes, I'm a car dealer. You should know this.
0: Yeah. I think you should um, move to NatWest. Really? Um, yeah, because I mean, I've got the face recognition on my app, and you can send thousands. And so, what what stock do you sell then? Like, what's your like stock profile? Uh,
1: I tried to keep at the garage. Anything say five thousand pounds to? Uh, I guess our most expensive car at the moment is about twenty three thousand. I've never really anything under 10 grand of stuff that sells the quickest and easiest and whatever. I think um, I, I want to keep some more expensive stuff. So I'd like to try and get some more finance deals. We've never been that strong on selling finance deals. We do, you know, maybe 10, 15,000 pounds worth of finance each month, but you know, some places kind of live on it, don't they on their finance yeah. stuff. But for some reason, our customers just aren't the people who necessarily want it. Um, and I can't, figure that out we've tried advertising with it and all that sort of stuff but i just guess our market's not there for it um and obviously the more expensive stuff ideally you try and have a bigger margin in it but i just find it sits around for a bit longer again like i've said before we've got a car supermarket just up the road in fact two of them um so i don't know if that affects us it's one of those weird things you can have a car and it will just sell like that doesn't matter how expensive it is and other ones would just um maybe I've got the wrong more expensive cars, I don't know, but
0: just can't work it out and if, if, there was, if there was one car you could sell, just say you were a specialist in something, what car would it be that you could you would be happy selling all day long?
1: um good question. Anything you think of, there's always some kind of issue with it. You know, the, everything's got their issues, doesn't it? Um, what's the sort of thing... Any of the things that would be great to sell, like VW Ups or I goes or C1s or whatever. Yeah. Even if something goes wrong, it's 30 quid to chuck a clutch in it. Yeah. They just... For us, they just hang around quite a while. So they're not good sellers. And by the time they've hung around for a while, there's not a great margin in them. So... um, I'm trying to think of what... Sells really quickly. I mean, if there was, if it was for no problems whatsoever, it would be just like ten-year-old Mercs and Beamers. Yeah. Because usually, if you can price them well, they're going to fly out. You know, everyone wants them. They they're good value, um, but potential issues can be the pitfall. Not even like once you've sold it, but just once you it arrives and yeah. you know yeah. it smokes or.
3: Yeah. I, I think
0: them line. cars are your, your ideal or oh, to trade the cars. That's mm. what everyone's on looking for, that type of you, you know Nick from Lovely Cars down South? That's what he sells, doesn't he? That like German five to ten year old sort of stock. Yeah, uh, I just think when you go on auto trade, that's what you're looking for. You're not yeah. going on auto trade to look for a car supermarket car, are you? I don't. Yeah, I
1: is. don't know. I I I see. I don't know. You're probably right. And my theory for quite a while was that the kind of like normal traffic type of stuff your i and your yarises and
2: yeah
1: uh clios and things that there's millions of out there i thought well maybe the because we used to we started off with ebay motors group advertising yeah. and then we added in auto trader and i thought certain cars like the kind of leggy german stuff was an ebay type of car that's an ebay type of customer yeah you're going to get all the oh what's your best price and will you take stupid money on whatever but that's that type of customer and i thought the more discerning customer who wanted the low mileage i go was going to be on auto trader but you could well be wrong you know maybe the browsing habits are completely different and back to front than how i thought so yeah i tend to think auto trader is like where you want to put your premium stock yeah yeah. And eBay being where you want to put your kind of like uh yeah, higher mileage or older or yeah. whatever stuff. But yeah. maybe I got it wrong. Maybe you're right and it's the other way around.
0: And and do you on autistrader do you use that retail rating thing?
1: Yeah. 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 I try to. And yeah. um say if I'm looking at auctions or whatever, everything goes through the portal first. So I'll put it in, yeah. see what it is, kind of work out what margin I want. And look at the retail rating if it's you know like 25 or under these days, even if something I really fancy and I even if I suppose it's allowed me to doubt myself because I think I think that's going to sell really well. Like a BMW, I was looking at a BMW 4 Series the other day, 420D or something, and I thought that's a nice car, coupe and nice alloy wheels. Maybe you'd put different alloy wheels on it or something, but that would be and it had like a retail rating of about nine.
2: Yeah, I just thought I'm
1: not not even looking at it because thinking about it, you're probably right, it probably will just sit there forever.
0: Yeah. And you know what? It is it is quite accurate because I had a BMW four series and we had it in stock for over a year. Yeah. So and you know you look at it and you think, that's gonna sell straight away. It's gonna sell on auto trader. Mm. But I think that retail rating thing's really it's it's really handy. It's good it's yeah. to have in your armory that.
1: There's no sense paying all the money that we pay for auto trader, albeit that I've cut my package right down now. Uh and not you know, paying attention to the data that they give you. you yeah, know, yeah.
0: It, it's it's bollocks, isn't it, sometimes?
1: Yeah. It, it, well, I mean, I just think the stuff that they've collected, all the data they've got and whatever, that, you know, they are the main platform, aren't they? Like, if they're giving you a retail rating, you ought to pay attention to it, I think.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the retail rating's good, but sometimes you have cars in the red and they'll sell straight away, you know? Oh, the, yeah, yeah. You know, on that, and then, I mean, I've got a... A Mercedes electric van that's been top of the all 40 cars for six months, every day, and it still hasn't sold. No. So.
1: Is that the curiosity thing? Because if we've got like a Mercedes C63 in at the moment, you know, the 6.2 V8 thing, and if ever we've got something like that in. That will always perform really well on Auto Trader because everyone's just like, yeah. it's like a dream car, isn't it, sort of thing. Like Everyone's going to look at it and like, oh, that's a really nice one. They'll share it among their mates or whatever, but yeah, it doesn't mean any really of them are like, serious buyer. Yeah,
0: yeah, they're just looking at it. Aren't they? just, they're mm. just dreaming. It's the same with like, we had an Audi R8 the other year and that was top all the time, but it's just people looking at it going, yeah. oh, that's a lovely car. Yeah, that.
1: yeah. How, How did you them. get on with that in the end?
0: We were, I traded it on.
1: Really? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: So, but the weird thing is, I bet whoever it got traded onto, say they're someone who deals in that sort of stuff, they probably moved it on quite quickly and probably definitely. for more than you were asking.
0: Yeah, definitely. Let's
1: figure it figure it out. You know. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. It it does help to have a good stock profile. Stick to your stock profile. Yeah. So, like I said before, we have like Mumsy cars, and then we've had this Audi A4 just stood there for a year. Because it, it I suppose it just looks completely different to all the other cars. It's got yeah. blacked out wheels. But if I had a pitch full of blacked out wheeled cars, all prestige stuff, then that A4 would have went. Because somebody might have come on to look at another car and then went, Oh, we'll have this one, here. You know. Yeah. But so how many cars will you have advertised on AutoTrader then?
1: Uh, I'm trying to up it at the moment. We've generally probably had about twenty five to thirty, but we really kinda of need to pull our fingers out and yeah. I've kind of been shuffling around to make sure that we can fit more in. And, um,
0: and how many will you sell a the month then if you've got 25 to 30 advertised?
1: 20 is usually where I want to be. And we usually hit 20. I mean, this month, I think we've done, we did 18. It's yeah. not bad because, I mean, it started off slow as anything. I don't know what your month's been like. The, well, the previous two were flying,
2: um, yeah.
1: but then That's it just funny. dropped off.
0: Yeah, see, everyone's going on holiday, aren't they? But see, this is what's so annoying for me, is that I've got 40 cars advertised, mm. and we sometimes only sell 20 or yeah. 25. Mm. We struggle to like, get past that 25 barrier. I think one month yeah. done 30. So for you to have 25 advertised and to sell 20, what are you doing? Are you changing the prices all the time, or do you think you're just buying the right stock?
1: uh i i i tend to forget to change the prices to be honest you know what we're going through the last few years where the prices were just going up and up and up all the time you didn't really no. need to change them because if the prices were going up you were just looking more competitive all the time so occasionally now when i've got time i'll get on the portal and i'll be like oh god yeah okay so that's that's crept up to 105 percent or something yeah. um of retail value and i will adjust them down um why it is um i don't know i mean i try to tick all the boxes so we'll do like you know at least 50 pictures of the cars decent quality pictures in a nice location it's the same pictures same place all the time um you do the pictures obviously well as well i hate car photographs of retail expensive cars and all you can see in the background is where it's parked in front of 10 other cars yeah it's not a nice clean picture you know yeah. Um, and then we always do a walk around video on every single car. Um, yeah, other than that, I don't, I don't, I don't really know. Uh, maybe the location helps. I mean, I think our location being, we get quite a lot of customers from Wales, Birmingham and yeah. down South cause we're kind of on that, yeah. uh, West coast where we're kind of close to everyone. Um, and I guess being a holiday area, maybe that helps. And yeah. um, people coming down spotting us and whatever.
0: And I think, as well, like you say, the five to 15 grand market, I think maybe they just shift quicker, don't they? Yeah. Because...
1: Yeah. I mean, that is 100% a reason why I'd want to stick to that sort of thing. Cause I just think, well, maybe you could make an extra 500 to 1,000 pounds margin on a car that's 20 grand or something. But if you could sell a 10 grand car and sell three of them in the same, you yeah. know, two months or whatever, that other one would be there, then you're better off, aren't you? And I'd rather be busy. I'd rather see the numbers kind of adding up and things turning over and keeping busy, really.
0: Yeah, I I love that saying, keep the money flowing to keep the business growing. Mm. You know, because you can have all really nice stock, but if it's not selling, you know, if I go a week without selling a car, I'll get really down in the dumps. you be the same.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. You just start doubting yourself, don't you? I bought all the wrong stock thing. Obviously, something's changing, or yeah, you're gonna have to drop the prices on these, and I'll lose money. And then you just start doubting yourself, and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a it's a sort of downside of the job, isn't it? I suppose we're our own worst critics, so we'll probably be quite harsh on ourselves. I know I can.
0: Yeah, but I think once you you catch a wave, you've just got to go with that momentum, haven't you? Because mm guaranteed you're going to get a quiet period at some
1: yeah. point. So. One thing I think I learned from like the original sort of lockdowns and whatever, when I completely panicked and was just like, God, right. I'm packing up stuff and any kind of cleaning product I can find at the garage and I'm going home and shutting up sort of thing. Uh And everyone, you know, the auctions were still running for a little while, but I was like, well, you've got to save your money up because who knows what's going to happen. There are some people who were just like, I'm still just buying away. Like, you know, this will, people yeah. who had that confidence, to just keep buying and they got the absolute bargains and they you know because the prices went absolutely mental um after that first lockdown they if they were stocked up they were having it away
0: yeah yeah,
1: and now say like this month where it's been really quiet i've just been like right this is my i'm I'm gonna stock up to the rafters i'm kind of like doubling down i remember hearing i can't remember who it was was talking about it but they're saying that um I think they're talking about like recessions and they're saying most companies cut their advertising during a recession, but the ones who do really well, like double down, you know, now's their time to invest They're They're fighting for a smaller pot of people's kind of um, money to spend. And that's so, uh, yeah, that's what I'm doing, whether it'll pay off or not. But I I guess the thing you got to realize is, is, you know, this is, this job is ebbs and flows, isn't it? So if you have a quiet month spend it on stocking up, make sure you have an absolute stormer next month, you yeah. know, because if you've got 10 overstock than you normally would have, and you, you, you know, you can't do yeah. that bad.
0: And the other f- thing is when it's quiet, what you can do is you like, say so you can overstock and then you've got all these MOTs to do all the body shop work to do. So you can still keep busy. That's yeah. the main thing, isn't it? It's keeping busy. There's nothing yeah. worse than selling a load of cars it went a bit quiet. Yeah, you've got a bit of money in the bank, and then you just rest on your laurels, mm. and you I'll oh, be all right. But that's the like, that's the time you like you saying you should stock up and just keep busy. Because I I've I've always believed if you're busy, that's when you sell cars. Like when you're not thinking about selling cars, yeah, you just got to keep yourself busy at all times. Just
1: well, that's that's kind of like how this month went. Actually, it's quite funny because obviously it started off really slow, and maybe for the first five or six days, maybe we'd even hadn't sold any or we'd sold one or something. And I was like, right. And I I completely revamped my office. I was like, I'm getting a bit claustrophobic in here. I want to be able to have another space now for the lad who does all the transport stuff. He needs to sit down and do quotes and we haven't got the space. So we'll sort that out. We'll do that. So we're all there kind of doing DIY and whatever, moving stuff around, shifting stuff about. And then then a sale comes in in between all that someone does a sale and then, you know, another one comes in. You're still carrying on, keeping busy, sorting all that stuff out. And then you look at the end of the month, you're like, oh, we've done 18 for a month I thought was a complete train wreck actually not bad at all
2: yeah yeah
1: so um yeah it's just you can't yeah if you sit there and just feel crap about it it's probably when you do stupid stuff isn't it and drop all the prices way lower than you should and start panicking about it it makes no difference
0: yeah yeah definitely and i look at it in a yearly thing you know it's not how many cars you sell in a month it's what you make in a year isn't it yeah That's, that's, that's what it is and so do you want to get, I know I asked this in the other podcast, but like like with your YouTube channel, where do you see that going in the next two years? Uh,
1: I I just want to, I, I think with everything, I'm very bad for setting uh, concrete goals. I've got things, ideas in my head. I'm not someone who particularly likes to share those sorts of things. I think having grown up and saying to people, I want to do this, I want to do that. Yeah. And people kind of naysaying you the whole time and giving you a hard time about it and kind of, mocking you i prefer to try and work quietly quietly and then whether they care or not for me at the end of it it's like i've achieved that and i know in my my head that i set out to do that and i achieved it so i big big plans in a sense but i mean i just want um the youtube channel i just want to keep growing and you know it's not um uh i i don't i don't know I suppose I could say 100,000 subscribers in two years' time would be amazing, whether it will happen or not. I don't know. I mean, I'd like to think so. I've actually got a few interviews lined up this week for videographers now. I've decided I'm going to, like, take the advice of Matt from High Peak, who was like, he wish he did this three years ago. Yeah. If he'd known how it would turn out, he would have invested in it. And I just think, well, you know, we can afford to. So I've always been someone to invest, reinvest, to be yeah. a bigger thing. You know, I, I don't really want a lot out of my business, businesses, uh to live on myself. I don't really indulge massively. So I get more of a buzz out of growing a business. So I'd rather reinvest. So let's invest in a videographer. They'll do better videos than I can. They can follow all the staff. They can spend some time in the workshop. They can go off for the guys doing transport jobs. They can go off for the guys doing mobile valets and whatever and film it all and kind of do like a weekly vlog thing as well as helping Ed doing all the editing that I spend a lot of time doing now. Yeah. So Fingers crossed that pays off and it, you know, it grows exponentially. Okay. Uh, but and then that well,
0: gives- it gives, it gives you like a, um, it just makes the job more interesting, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, 100%, 100%. You know? and,
0: and like you've just hit the nail on the head there, you know, you could be banging out making, I don't know, 100 grand a month, but it might not be fulfilled. Like all that money doesn't fulfill you, does it? Unless you yeah. put it back into something. And yeah. Putting that money back into i'll be honest i've even thought to myself that like, if i've just got somebody in part time just a young lad three days and he just videoed us and he just done little snippets and then because i'm really bad at posting and stuff like that where mm. if you somebody to do it then it's yeah. going to get done then isn't it
1: yeah and i'm bad at, I, i'll go and film my videos And I'm really bad at remembering that really what I ought to do is like a 30 second bit to camera saying, don't forget about our car buying service. We can collect anywhere in the country, blah, 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 do a whole thing on it. And I don't, I might drop the name. Oh, we bought this for our car buying service, et cetera, et cetera. Um, But if you've got, if you pay someone to do the job, you're like, you almost need to organize me. So I want one video a week where you followed all the staff and you kind of put together like a weekly video of Barrow Motors and then we need to do a couple of videos with me and I need you to kind of schedule me some podcasts and things. So it's another thing that's off my plate again, but also don't forget you need to put in, we need to put in a sponsored bit. So you need to tell me what yeah. we need to do or whatever. Yeah. Um, and yeah, have someone else and then say, you know, you know, I'll put up like little shorts videos where it's the ones you put on your phone or whatever for Instagram. Like, take my old videos and edit those down into little clips you can put on there and just put them out on TikTok or whatever, all these sorts of things. Um, I mean, it's a guess if if you've only got to look at someone like Andrew Tate, um, as much of an idiot as he is, uh, he decided he wanted to, like, take over TikTok. All he did was make other people make the videos. He somehow paid them in commission or whatever it was through his, you know, pyramid scheme training thing and they all put it out well if you're out there enough suddenly everyone knows you you know and I'm not looking to be famous but the more people want to come to our business and it forces me to grow the business in order to I'd rather it that way around you know it's everyone when they start a business you kind of you want to grow but you've got to try and attract Mm -hmm. that kind of customer base in but if you've got more demand than you've got supply then that's exciting for me that's great let's find another location let's get more that keeps me I just want to be busy like thinking of the bigger picture the whole time I don't want to be doing the day-to-day
0: so that's what keeps your fire burning inside that keeps your desire going
1: yeah I think so yeah there's always got to be something going on and um something new to think about I'd like to be at a stage where um everyone kind of does their job enjoys their job and is getting the rewards of it and i can kind of dip in and make the general overall decisions like i think we should do this i think we should do that i'm not liking this let's sort that out and i'm gonna you know open another place whether it be the mot center or whatever it is i'm kind of free to do that rather than just stressing nonstop about
0: stuck in the business
1: yeah mrs davis who's yeah. indicator still doesn't indicate quite fast enough or whatever.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's not as sexy, is it, as
1: <laughs> wow. doing a
0: video, you know, doing a uh, YouTube video. And, and that's right. You've got to keep it interesting, is it? So, like, you know, you're right passionate about cars and all that. How did you get into it then? What made you want to become a car dealer?
1: Uh, funnily enough, I've had a lot of different businesses in the past. I started out... Um, as a well as a sales rep for electrical wholesales company then i became a plumber because my old man was a plumber and he wanted to retire and he wanted me to come work for him and then take over so i did that and i mean i still run that business now um and i was into like field sports and shooting and things like that so i've had businesses selling um like importing stuff from china and selling stuff like that related to that and my fallback was always like every time i started up a new business or invested a lot of money or houses whatever I was like whatever happened if at worst case scenario I'll just buy cars and I'll sell them you know it'll be a used car I had this yeah. mate who just seemed to do it and he seemed to do well out of it and I thought you know it can't be that hard like you know and uh, doing it at that level from your driveway it, it isn't really um and that was always my fallback and what's funny is that now that that I I ended up making that a career it's like the one thing that I've actually stuck at and found the most satisfying and enjoyable but the way it came about, the same mate who um ended up kind of screwing me over massively and owes me five figures, um he started kind of loitering around. I had I had a unit somewhere that we had for our plumbing store. I decided I was going to clear that out and um sell off all the old stock that was in there and just get rid of that expense. And then once I cleared it out, I was like, I've really into my motorbikes, so I started working on motorbikes and I was like, oh, maybe I'll keep it and I'll I'll work on motorbikes. I built like a couple of custom motorbikes. And I thought maybe for a while I'd be a custom motorbike builder. And, um, but then I realized how long it takes to make them, how little the profits were. <laughs> In the meantime, he was like, oh, well, I could buy some cars. If you want to put some money up, I'll buy some cars and we'll split the profit sort of thing. So I did that, you know, a thousand pounds at a time. It's like, yeah, then go on and get, get, spend some money and get a car. And it would, it would, it would do well. And then it grew and grew to, it got to a point where he's, he was so busy with it. Um, and he had so many people like all the grief went. i was just like you keep the money you deal with it you just give me my cut afterwards biggest mistake i ever made
3: yeah. letting
1: losing that control of that money because i never saw it back yeah. um but yeah once so he started and i uh, he was um it was a quite a contentious relationship and it ended like very badly but uh he was like you can't cope with a car sales business because basically he was just like i said before he's argued with everyone he's, you know um Someone would, he'd, he'd buy a car with known faults and then someone would complain about it and he'd say, I've got a right to repair it. And he'd try and fob them off and all this sort of stuff. And they'd be turning up and I, you know asking for him to me. And I was like, I just do not want any of this whatsoever. This is not how I'd run a business. And I decided, you know what, I'll do it and I'll do it my own way and do it better. So, um, yeah, for all of his faults, I guess it kind of... Uh, you know, gave me the bug to uh, to try it and actually do it better. I, I guess I could see a way of doing it, how the way he did it, but I could do it better. And that's one of the things I kind of live for, I guess, is like, I could do that better. So why didn't I do that? Improve so, people. Um,
0: if anyone says to me, like when I first started, the uh, father-in-law said, oh, what are you doing that for? Oh, you'll, you'll somewhat so along the lines, oh, it'll, you'll never be able to do that. And if hmm. someone says that to me, it just gives me that, burning 100 yeah on. you know 100 you know nothing about cars and it's it's just it's just like, i i just don't forget it and I just wanna yeah
1: it, you, you, know. Do you know what it used to really um like wind me up and fire me up and i always just say my most useful emotion was anger someone had said something like that and that was <laughs> yeah. the fire that would burn in me like anything there's no way i'm gonna allow you to be right Um, So that's great. That's useful at certain times, I think. And then I think you get to a certain point where you know you've achieved things enough times over that your efforts pay off, that you don't even need to be angry anymore. You're just like, I'm sorry you're so small-minded, but watch me do it.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's what it comes
1: down to. Sometimes you just got to accept, I'm sorry, you know, I'm sorry that you're afflicted by being so small-minded and so closed-minded, I should say. Yeah. Because there is a lot of opportunity in life. And somehow life's got you to a point where you think you can't do something. I promise you, you can. I promise you, you can. I'm not anything special. I'm just going to do the work and that's I'm it. going to just keep chasing something. And it's, it's as simple as that. And that's what I find really hard
0: It, it doesn't matter some how people. talented you are. It's putting the effort in, isn't it? And this is something I say to people as well, and you're probably going to agree with this now. Just don't start off with a business partner. I no. think always do it yourself. Yeah, 100%. How many people want to get a business partner because they think, basically, they don't want to do all the heavy lifting, do they? They mm-hmm. just want the pressure off them. But when you've got 50% of that pie with someone else, it's, it's hard enough making profit just for yourself, isn't it? So I think everything you do, I mean, I'm sure lots of people disagree with me we have done really well having a business partner. But just for me, I've, I've got to work on my own. I've got to have that control for myself.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm the same. Um, I think maybe it works for some, I think with families, I don't know sometimes family, you shouldn't mix family money, but you know, you see some people who are like brothers and they just absolutely having it away because they must all be on the same mindset, same wavelength. But if you were getting into a partnership with someone, um, you know, people are so different, varied completely, the the likelihood you're going to find someone who wants to put the same amount of effort in as you do. And it might even be the case that they want to work more hours than you do, but you think they're not doing it as well. But either way, it's not going to be the same and there's going to be conflict. Yeah. So suddenly it just starts falling apart. And then it's like, who gets this business? Who moves on to that? Who gets this money? Who gets that? And then you, it's like a competition with each other. So yeah, I think you need to be careful. I think a lot of people, like you say, some people don't want to do all the heavy lifting. Some people don't want to make all the decisions. They don't want all the responsibility of making all the decisions. Yeah. And I think maybe when I've wanted a partner, that's been it. It's just, I wish I just had someone who could like, also keep help help me stay motivated and cheed yeah. up. But um
0: But do you know what keeps you more motivated than anything when you've got like staff to pay for?
1: Yeah. And yeah. To the bill. Yeah, and that's terrifying, isn't it, for some people. But you get to a certain point where um I think the whole staff and paying for people and the kind of overheads you, you do one thing, the first step's the hardest, isn't it? Yeah. Taking on the first yeah. employee so, or taking yeah. on the first rented business premises or whatever. Yeah. That's the hardest thing. Yeah. And then you see that's okay. It's, you know, actually we're doing okay. Like, I, maybe we could even take on someone else. And you take on someone else and you're like, this is much better. And then from there on out, I've made the mistake of probably just, like, just hire everyone. Everyone get in it. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I had to make that. my own cup of tea today. Let's hire a tea boy. <laughs> not not quite that bad, but um, <laughs> but if you have too many people then everyone kind of slacks off a little bit so yeah,
0: everyone um. that's the biggest mistake I had done last year I got oh when, you know when I got really busy after lockdown I got two valeters in Ooh. and that was the biggest mistake I'd done because these two valeters would just chat shit to each other all day talk to each other as if they were the best valeters in the world Yeah, and it got to the point where I need to sack one of these managers because they're actually doing my tips in. And the day before that, I was going to sack them, or the day that I sacked one of them, sorry, well, let one of them go, uh, they were going to come in and ask for a pay rise, both of them.
3: <laughs> yeah.
0: Because <laughs> they thought they were that valuable to the company. Yeah. And I, I said to this lad, I was like, look, I don't need you anymore. You're going to have to leave. There's enough work here just for one person. And that was, I think, two years ago, and or maybe a year ago. And the valitor has worked on his own now perfectly for yep. a year. There's 50 cars. He's, he's valeting two or three cars a day. He's not on his phone all day. He's not chatting shit to the other valitor, not mm. stroking each other's ego, you know what I mean? Yep.
1: So, you'd, and- all, you'd, all, you'd rather pay one person more whether you are or not yeah, exactly do it well yeah. than two people yeah. who like you say are just standing around doing a freaking circle jerk like you say just yeah you, one of them's working you come out the other one's on their phone or whatever and you're just like
0: yeah
1: and so, then yeah, no, i agree there's and,
0: ends, don't there? one says we're the best fanatics in the world we deserve a pay right yeah you're right you're right you're right and then next thing you know you just that's the beauty of this job though is you can do it with not a lot of staff you know, you can make good money on a you know, there's that saying isn't there um the biggest expense walks on two legs. But I think with yeah. our dealing, but we can do it on a, a, a minimal
1: structure. Yeah, well uh, uh, yeah, it's it's the it's it's uh it can be a one-man band, can't it? It's low yeah. low barrier to entry, this job really yeah, at it. one well, level.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that's great that.
1: But as as you grow, it's um yeah, it, 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 again, you can still, there are people who, who is it you had on? Jamie, and he's got, what, like 250 cars and there's six of them? I mean, I've got more staff than that and I've got 30-odd cars. <laughs> yeah, that's funny. I, all right, we've he's got an workshops and but...
0: me, He's such a, he's like, I'd love to know where he gets his energy from. I you know, know. just wake up, live and breathe, buy and sell like 250. I just can't get my head around it. I, and no. I want to, in a way, I want to be like that, but at the same time, I don't, because I think I give myself a nervous breakdown.
1: Yeah, 100%. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think being at, like, 40, 50 cars, and maybe you can just about remember them. Do you know what I mean? Like, we'll get it now. Like, we'll, Someone will phone up about a car, and we'll find the old listing, and it's like, I don't even remember that car. Like, <laughs> yeah, especially true. if you had 250 in stock all the time, and no, it was, it was among six pretty. of you, like... Um,
0: yeah. I mean, they must be making fantastic money. Oh
1: yeah, it must be. But um, but I mean, yeah. If you're if you're at work all the time, I don't know. I think I'm I'm kind of a work a workaholic. I love work. That's my yeah. passion. I yeah. like, like I say, I I see it in my mind as like building things, creating things. Day to day is like we're building a bit more, you know, whatever. You
0: you, you, you live to work rather than work to live.
1: Yeah. But I think I, I
0: think I uh,
1: don't so. That's yeah, I mean I'd rather come home, sit at the computer, edit a video, or look for cars to buy, or plan something, you know, to do with work or let's say property or something. Yeah. To some kind of embetterment for myself than sit and watch TV. Don't get me wrong, I'll do both. But um I do feel like maybe you get to a certain point, hopefully that kind of I think I I probably am being pushed more than being pulled there's nothing Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get to you know like um like you had an R8 before an R8 is one of those things that's on my mind like I would like to have one of those in stock I wouldn't own it for myself but I'll get one in stock and sell it you know at some point because I just love to try one sort of thing so there are things like that but there's nothing like oh I want to own a Lamborghini and that would be a turning point in my life it would just be like why have I got this (laughs) I think that, that kind of like pressure of like come on, come on, come on, come on, you know, you could be doing more, you could be doing more, uh, is always behind me. And I do hope that, you know, one day that will ease off a little bit.
0: How do you quieten that then? How do you quieten it?
1: I think it has quietened a little bit. You know, if you actually have some success, and you can allow yourself to understand that you've had some success, that then you can think, it's all right to take four days off and go on holiday with the missus somewhere, you know.
3: <laughs> uh, she,
1: she'd like to do a month in America going around all the, you know, adventure parks or whatever. That would be my idea of hell. But yeah. previously, I, if I had gone on holiday but I have done with exes, I've just, just been miserable. I've ruined it. I've ruined it because I cannot enjoy myself. I just, I don't want to be there. I want to get home. I want to get back to work. This is a waste of my time and I'm angry about it. Which
0: is... <laughs>
2: what is do you
1: yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it but it, it's bad. I know it's bad, but I can't help myself having that kind of mentality. But I'm not as bad now. Yeah. But um I'd like to be better, I- I you will
0: know. How old are you?
1: I'm thirty five.
0: Yeah, so when you get forty, maybe it'll change. Because hmm. since my forties I've so my, my thing is that I've always thought, man, I'd love to have a car supermarket. Not a car supermarket, there was this Trader in Sheffield called Granton McAllen, and, and yep. it basically it was like a main dealer, and yep. you could get an hundred cars on the forecourt. But really nice setup. That that's sort of my aim to get to mm. that. But yeah, I still want to get to that. But now, as I've got older, my main aim is because I know that I never want to retire. You know, mm. I know I'm never going to retire. It's never going to happen. But I want to take mini retirements every year. So I would like to have a month off every august yeah and go on holiday with the kids or go wherever and chill out and then come back the september raring to go to sell yeah. as many cars as possible yeah I think that that's the thing for me
1: i think i think i i want to do the same thing i want to do the same thing i feel like i'm getting to the stage where i want to be doing that sort of thing now but i have to feel like whoever i'm leaving in control yeah has, has is in control that. yeah yeah. Because whoever I've got in charge at a minute or whatever still needs to come to me and kind of run, yeah. you know, you, you kind of want someone who's running your business to be like, telling me, pull your finger out, you were you late this morning, you know, yeah. you like, I'm buying this, and it's got this much money in it. That's the reason I'm buying it. And, you know, Take it out my got the confidence to be like take it out my commission if it cocks up or whatever I'm just like great go for it whereas it's the other way around do you know what I mean it's a bit like oh what do you think on this and I'm like uh, yeah all right yeah, fine like just you don't don't even need to ask me just yeah get it yeah. bought so yeah. yeah you need to you need to feel confident that it's not going to hell when you're away because then you can actually relax um, but I guess that's where that. I'm building to is a point where I know that the whole thing's running and I'm kind of flitting around being this probably pain in the ass. Um, doing bits and pieces and whatever, but knowing that if I wasn't there for a month, it wouldn't make a difference. That's it. That,
0: that's what I think. That's what the aim is to have your business running with you not in it. That's mm. the, the. That's not to
1: say I want to be out of it, and I want to be one of these people like you need to. And I know you need to build a, a business to sell, in a sense, and that's not the idea that I want to sell it or whatever. Because, like you say, I don't want to retire either. Um, but yeah to just feel like it has got to a point where you know the pressure's off it will um run without you there yeah i don't know what i don't know where i was going with that but um (laughs) not that you want to sell it but you know that it is a separate thing you've built a business that is its own entity and um yeah you you know you're not running it day to day you can if you want you can dip in and out you still want to be involved you still want to make decisions and be able to you know make choices and grow things and whatever and whatever but um yeah it's not relying on you
0: and, and but getting to that point you'll get to it and then there'll be something else you know there'll be something else that you want to oh,
1: start another business probably yeah
0: this is how we're made up isn't it you know you're mm. never completely happy so but i've got a couple more questions to. Have. i know you've got to get get off on that so um it, would you do anything different you know if you, if you started up again what would i'm I think you're going to say not have a business partner, but... Um... Well,
1: going back to that to that far back, then, um, yeah, I probably wouldn't have a business... I don't know. I don't know. Would I change it? Because I learnt an awful lot. And there was yeah. this person that I thought, God, he's good at selling cars, and I know he can do it, and whatever, and he, he's good at whatever it is. And it's, it's, it's so important sometimes to find out someone that you really kind of admire and you perhaps put on a pedestal when you actually start working with them you realize like you're a useless yeah. sack of shit and <laughs> yeah. they'll you know you get to a point where like we we took on a showroom he wanted it and i was like i'm not putting my name on it because i've got my unit already but you can put it in your name and he's like oh well you know he the guy wants this much and blah blah, blah for it and i went and negotiated and got like the thing like half price for him um originally they wanted like 1400 quid and i was like oh you know nine, 900 quid all in the guy knew me that because i was a landlord for, at this unit so he kind of wanted me as a tenant because he knew i was good paid on time didn't fuck around and whatever um so i actually get it half price for him and i thought i thought you were this like master negotiator salesman or something and i've, <laughs> I've done it all for you and it's the more you do and the, Like you say, when someone doubts you and they're like, you just, his thing was you can't handle the stress of being in the car sales business because things go wrong and you've got to tell people that they can't have their money back. And he'd have people's parents turning up with folders of like legal documents and wanting to take him to court and debt collectors turning up for stuff and whatever, because he just ignored court letters. And I was like, no, I I can't, it's not to do with the car sales business. I can't deal with how you do business because it's just ridiculous. But if I do it my way and actually treat people with respect, I don't think I'm gonna, the stress isn't going to be as bad. Um, so it was good as a lesson in a sense. Other than that, I think um, I think taking on staff, I held off for quite a while. I had one guy right from the get-go. I employed him full-time right from the get-go. Um, so he did like mechanics and helped out with everything, did some sales. But when we started out maybe for the first year, i took on this new garage where we are now we'd have to like if we weren't to go and collect a car from mot or something we'd have to lock the building put a sign on the window that said shut for 15 minutes back whatever even if we were going up north to collect a car and we were going for the whole day we'd put a sign that said back in 15 minutes call this mobile (laughs) number um and i guess just not knowing that if you do invest in in staff do it sensibly it will it, it pays you back you know and maybe the other thing I would do is like, you know, you've got to value your um, value your time. So, say when you're doing like, if you're selling services like we do with the mechanical work, we started out, our labor was like 35 pounds an hour or something. And we're just putting it up to 70 now. You know, we've got two professional mechanics. I'm paying them good money to be there. And yeah. when you start out, you just feel like, oh, God,
2: yeah. I had a big. You- because yeah, like
1: yeah. Like, you feel like you different need different to country. do it cheap, and you feel like if you charge a fair price, that you're taking the Mick, and people think you're going to rip them off, and you're going to be this yeah. whatever, whatever. I mean, I think I got over it fairly quickly, but have difficulty with the guy that started off with me, and he's now kind of like the manager at the place because he's still like, oh, you know, they're gonna have a they're gonna have a scary bill for this. They're not gonna be happy about this. And he doesn't like making the phone call, and I'm like, they're probably not going to care, mate. They're probably going to just like, like okay, thousand pounds, yeah, fair enough. I thought, it-. and nine times out of ten, they're like, oh, I thought it was gonna be more than that.
2: Yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah, Don't, you don't want to be the, yeah, you don't want to be the cheapest. Don't be afraid of hiring staff as long as you get the right people. Yeah. yeah. Be careful of, be careful of who you do business with.
0: Yeah. 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 And like just always do the right thing, isn't it? Always, yeah. Always try and do the right thing. That's what I tell. And have a sleep on it. You know, when you're feeling really emotional about, had anything in life but with, with business you've got a bad customer you've got a tricky situation have a sleep and you'll have the answer in the morning that's what yeah I or at least
1: you've probably got the answer already but by the morning it'll have time to sink in and you'll feel calm yeah. about it and then you can go back to the customer whoever it is in a level-headed way and they'll yeah. be the same you know yeah. um and yeah like you say have a sleep on it is usually the right
0: there's always a solution and so what car still gives you nightmares have you got any cars in your head that you just never forget because they were just such a bloody nightmare
1: um i've currently got a porsche um cayman s <laughs> on the on a ramps we got three ramps or well, four ramps i suppose but we've got one that's lived on a ramp for about the last six months because we sold it for like 15 grand, but it was just smoking a little bit on startup and we thought we'd better check that out. And We've had the old engine out and mucking around with it. And that's still there. I mean, I still don't hate it, but it has been around for a long time. And how
2: much um, does
1: it work for you? Uh, it should still work out all right because it should be about 10 or 11. So all
2: right.
1: there's decent money in it being an yes, old... Look
2: for what? Maybe what? well hopefully about 15
1: again something like that yeah
2: yeah
1: um yeah. so not not huge margins or something like that but it would have just had a complete full engine rebuild and so i might be able to ask a bit more i don't know yeah um oh does it give me nightmares there's a few that i just wouldn't buy again although i'd say that and i tempted to but um you know the old smart roadsters Oh, yeah. Gearbox issues. Or... Oh, well, yeah. Smart cars, I just won't buy again now. I it used to almost be like a specialist. I had like seven or eight in stock. My theory was they don't take up much space. We're in a seaside town where there's loads of caravans and motorhomes and whatever. And maybe someone wants one to tow behind their whatever. So, um, and that was all going all right for a while. Yeah, until just gearbox issues, gearbox issues, gearbox issues. Gearbox issues. Yeah. But the, the, um, and then I thought, oh, I'll get a smart roadster to go with it because I've heard they're really fun to drive and whatever, but they just leak like a sieve. Yeah. You just can't seem to fix the leaks on them. Um, it's oh, too many to list, really.
2: It's like every
0: up. car, isn't it? <laughs> I can give you an The problem is,
1: if you sell enough of them, then every car, every car, you car
0: it's like them. if you've, you know, if you've got an ailment and you Google it, yeah, you know, it's exactly the same with the car. You put yeah. on, whatever well, car a, of problems and everything comes up doesn't it
1: yeah i expect you get that as well don't you if someone's been looking at a car online they're coming oh, I've googled and it says it should have this and it should have that and a yeah. common problem is this <laughs> and it's just like a common problem is like you say a common problem for humans is to get cancer but it doesn't mean you've got it or you're gonna <laughs> get it you know you can't you can't predict the future
0: well that's um, like with me that's like ford eco boosts you know i was yeah, like, I thought. Oh, do you know what? I've, I've dodged a bullet. Here. I've sold loads of eco boosts and I've had no problems. And then since Christmas, I think three. I've had to replace three engines. Really? So now it's like never again, never again. But you know, if you work out all the ones that I've sold, yeah, I, I'm up aren't I? Yeah. That's the way. You've yeah,
1: got exactly. I tell you. Something. Um, I no. Do you know what? It just made me think. The one thing that now is like I just hate and won't buy again is what we not so affectionately refer to as Ford power shits. You know, the the uh, <laughs> power shift automatic gearboxes.
0: See, I sell loads of them. Really? Yeah. Yeah yeah See, I did I as well. I sold I, I sold, sold a lot of them and never had I problems.
1: And again I have hit that stage now where I'm just like yes yeah, one after the other, one after the other.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Then,
1: then you get then you get the warranty issues or you have to buy the car back. But again, I guess I've got to take my own advice because I I'll get um them a sort of manager come out and he'll be like, oh, we've got a warranty claim and they've, they've put in. It's going to be like 560 quid. It's so much money and whatever. And he's really flapping about it. I'm like, just tell him we'll pay it. You know, it's, mm-hmm. it's 500. We used to spend like two or three grand a month on third-party warranties that wouldn't cover anything. Funny. Well, well, quid's in. Of
0: course you are. Of course, they're so, the worst um, things in the world. And, uh, and biggest loss you've made on a car. You don't... So your biggest loss and your biggest win.
1: Um, uh, oh, I probably trying to block it out. Um,
3: <laughs> yeah, see, I,
0: I, I remember all the losses, mate. Do
1: you know, probably, oh, I don't know how much I lost, really. I'll tell you, like, the most kind of irritating and like significant loss on something, um. Where we used to be before I moved, we were in this industrial state and we were like the bottom um, container unit type thing. It was like an old, like a, like a Nissan hut, you know, like the like military kind of metal thingies. We were in one of those and we were right next to the guy who owned the whole site. He, had, um, he sold um, static caravans, like made millions selling them and they were coming in and out all the time and one day he comes down a bloke in a, a mitsubishi l200 and he's like oh, i think it's overheated it won't start etc etc he's one of these transport companies he was like the um uh like convoy vehicle that went with them anyway um it was his boss's car and he's like when we're like well it's toast i think you've done the head and um head gasket's gone and whatever blah blah, blah. and he left it with us for ages trying to figure out if we could get it fixed and in the end i think we said like we give you 500 quid for it it was like a 2012 L200 I, I think the mileage was reasonable it was like 120 or something
2: anyway kind
1: of it, it it was good but i mean the engine was toast so long story short there was a garage up the top who I was sort of friendly with the guy who did like motorbike racing i was into motorbikes i used i was quite i'm quite okay at welding doing tig welding and stuff i welded up some parts for his race bike um, and i said to him he was also working on my dad's Got an old mini, 1970s mini Clubman that was my grand's car. My dad bought it for, for her, brand new, 1,200 quid. It's got 40,000 miles on it, but it was all rusted out now. So they were restoring all that. They were said they'd do this L200, and i bought new radiator, new head, new whatever, spent thousands on all these parts, and blah, blah, blah. And in the meantime, I'd taken on the lease for where I am now, and they discovered this and said, "Yeah, well, if you're taking that on, you've got workshops, you need to fix it yourself. And just got really bitter and childish and um, basically refused to do any more work on either of the cars. One was a shell and in pieces, the other one had the engine ripped apart and was all in the boot and whatever. And they were just like, now nah, you're going to be competition with us now. And I was like, well, actually, at the time, I wasn't interested in doing the mechanical work. And I would have quite happily sent all those customers over to you if I could just get on the sales. But no, they wanted to like humiliate me and make me feel like I'd been a really horrible person by taking this place on. And I was going to be competition what, what? with them, whatever. It was really petty. I mean, I revel in the fact now that we're doing amazingly well and he got fired from that job and doesn't seem to be doing so well. But that's um, that's another story. But, yeah, that was, like, the most unprofessional thing I've ever dealt with. And, again, a lesson in people don't want to see you doing well. Some people don't, you know. Yeah, well, quite. Um, right. And, yeah, so then in the end, we that was just me and um, my, my guy that I had working for me who was – capable of doing general servicing and whatever, but didn't want to get into deep mechanics. So I just had to sell that as like a project with a head off and everything and sold it for like, I don't know, 1,500 quid, but it probably owed me £4,000 or something. But again, I just needed it up my hands. I couldn't have an L200 sitting around. Um, I should have taken them to court really for having taken it apart and then just saying they weren't going to work on it or whatever. But again, there's like a lesson in it. It's just like...
0: You know, when you get rid of it, you feel loads better, don't you?
1: Yeah. Yeah, even though you're losing even money, it's like
0: right. a big a big bloody pill, it's still so much better when it's out of your life.
1: Yeah. You, you just move on to the next problem. thing and it's it's done, isn't it? You I guess you kind of agonize over making the decision. Do you try and find someone to fix it? Do you whatever? And it's just like just get rid of it, free yourself up to move on.
0: And then to move on and so then move on next day with a good profit. So what's your, your best profit you ever had?
1: Um I don't know if I've ever really had any amazing ones. I think maybe like four or five grand on an old Porsche. I bought it in one day and kind of sold it the next, you know. I took a chance on it. It was a Cayman S. And um, it turned, I got it from auction. It turned out it was a local guy. I think everyone was a bit scared off of it. I got it for about nine and sold it for 15 or something within a couple of days. Yeah. Uh, so I had taken that sort of money, is, you know. Amazing! I know it's probably you. You've done better than that, I think. Because even like when I last spoke to you, you were like oh, yesterday I did six out of a van, but
0: yeah, it, it's again it
1: swings and about, isn't it?
0: Yeah, but the thing is, I don't get it. It's really strange. I don't look at it as oh, I've just had a massive profit out of that car. I think oh, we, we we might have only just sold five cars so already this month. It's, yeah, it, it's when it gets to the end of the month and I've tottered up all what we've made that month, then I think, oh, well, yeah, that was a bloody good month. I don't even get excited about the the car. No, no, no. Your your mindset, when you first start, that's all you're thinking about, aren't you? You're just thinking about that, that profit in each car. Yeah. And once you're running the business and the wheels are turning all the time, worst thing is yeah you can get five grand out of a car but then you think god i've got to replace that car am i going to get another five grand out of a car next month you know it, it's just keeping the wheels turning isn't it so you don't get yeah. as excited as as what you probably did in no the no
1: but you get people coming in and you they, they, they'll come in and they'll look at the sales board and they're like god, you're storming and they'll look at you as if to be like god you must be rolling in it and you think well 20 grand to have the doors open each month so yeah
0: exactly, it's, exactly.
1: you know it, it gets <laughs> swallowed up pretty quick you got to do a lot of work before yeah, you're that's, in profit
0: that's it. like we'll break I think we'll just break even this month and yeah. probably you know if I look at the, the prof gross profits maybe it's 25 grand for the month but then once I take out all the costs I, I'm pretty sure we'll just break even so yeah. that's why you can't get excited about a four grand profit because you need to yeah. do it least 10 of them or well yeah 10 of you know cover everything and have a good month mm. and that's not gonna happen you're not gonna do it, 10 are you
1: but so, yet again, yeah again if you know your customers knew that's what you make especially if you made that out of their part exchange you're a crook you know you're <laughs> <a> whatever <laughs> yeah. but they still want the garage to be there you know doing car sales and whatever so it's like you can't have it both way profit is not a dirty word we've all got to make a living oh. i don't know why um do, do you find that I don't think people mind so much when it comes to like maybe houses but anything else that gets bought and sold buying stuff from whatever people aren't so like personally attached to it but I think people's ego gets attached to their car so some people they just cannot handle the fact that someone might make a profit out of it and you won't or you haven't offered them enough for it even if that's what their car's in trade so sometimes we give people a part exchange valuation and sometimes it's worthwhile saying look it doesn't sound like a lot but we buy any car would only give you say like a thousand pounds we're offering you 1100 quid so it's better than they are plus they'd knock some whatever off and um and then i say yeah but if we look at your car on we buy any car or whatever and, and it's <laughs> it's only x amount and that's more than what you're and it's or less than what you're and you're just like well yeah like I'd pop down a wee Any car and buy one there then if they've got one. It's it's <laughs> so hard to explain in that scenario, isn't it? Once someone's got that into their head but it's just like you it wouldn't would go, to, go to, you wouldn't go to Tesco and be like these bananas you bought in you bought them in for like half a penny <laughs> a bunch, uh, you know, wholesale and
0: yeah. now you're
1: trying to charge them out at 50p. That's like the margins are so much bigger.
0: But this so this is a, so them sort of people that don't understand VAT and stuff like that, do they? Like they haven't got yeah. VAT. But then you know when you're selling vans and trucks, that that's the the good thing about selling vans and trucks. The people you're dealing with understand about the VAT mm. element of it, and that you've got to make a bit of money on this van. But also that the van that they've been using has been a workhorse, and that's made them money, hasn't it? Mm. You no, know? so. it's really, it's good actually dealing with van people and car people. And it's like dealing with two complete demographic of people. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It's funny. Actually, I had a guy come in on Saturday and he's like, Oh, we've got this lovely little car and it was a nice little car. And we ended up buying it. It was a little Corsa Sting or something bright yellow. And, um, He's like, if I bring it in, can you give me a price? And I had to quite happily do it today, just get rid of it. The wife's bought a new car, brings it in. I said, look, um, I can't even remember what it was. It, uh, He was like a local bloke. He was really nice. He was just like, I just want to whatever. And I said, look, it's 3,750 retail at best. So I should probably only give you whatever amount. And I think I offered him at two and a half grand. And in the end, we settled at two, six, but he's like, can I go home and tell her three grand? I was like, well, when I've just told you that the retail is $3,750, we probably won't quite get that. We've got to do it. We know we've got to do an M&T because we talked about it. Uh, I think you said that the brakes were squeaking, whatever. So we've got to do that. And then I've got to pay 16.5% or whatever it is out of that VAT. He's like, yeah, but we might sell it tomorrow. It's like, what? For, for like what? It'd be like 100 <laughs> quid difference to me. By the time I've paid everyone and someone's had their commission for selling it and whatever, it's just like, no. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I just think, they just think, I, I, yeah, it's difficult when you come well, into an actual genuine established business. Yeah. If you said to someone, you can buy this car and you can sell it for 750 quid profit tomorrow and stick it in your back pocket, tax man knows nothing about it. He <laughs> <and> isn't sticking <laughs> his hand back in there and taking half of it out again. And you haven't got overheads. That's fine. That's great. That's, load, that's loads of money. But for us, it's not.
0: It's not. You need two grand, I think, across everything. Just to make yeah. it, you know, But again, the, the cheaper end of the scale people, they, they are the worst type of customers are not all of them but
1: no no 12, yeah
0: hundred yeah. pounds beans a lot to them doesn't it They've that's why
1: them. um so i say anything at our garage is five grand and up and we i've got this little bit of farm or whatever that we call it and i'm storing the cars out there and then we'll sell them trade separately from home or whatever but we just park them out there out of the way because i i get stuff in park exchange that is like it's got loads of profit in it and i don't want to just trade all of it on so the other half sells some of them um still under the business and whatever but i don't want them at the business site from there because the likelihood for bad reviews bad blood and whatever and all that sort of stuff i don't want it tarnishing the stuff that we're selling from there and i also don't want you know that type of customer yeah coming and you know making a scene around it's just like it's, it's, it's likely to happen with the cheaper cars isn't it there's nothing necessarily to do with the cars you prep oh, them yeah. exactly the same but yeah. Yeah. yeah i just i just rather avoid that at my place of work you know
0: oh, so, it, um, that, so where, where we are so where our business is at the end of the road we've got this lad andy and it, it, it's like a little pitch with 15 cars and he just sells you know cheapies yeah. And you're right, it does happen where you get people just kicking off uh, because somebody bought a car from Andy. Well, the daughter did, and the car buggered up. And I, I don't know, some, something happened with the car, it was knackered, and the dad didn't realize where she bought it from. So he came to our business. Yeah. I wasn't there. Wayne, the valet, was there. It was like really early in the morning. And he just, and he, was, he was like twenty stone. Apparently, mm-hmm. comes marching up to Wayne. You saw my daughter a, a, a car that's not fit for purpose. And Wayne's like, "Well, what car was it?" And he, he said, "It was a uh, an insignia." And Wayne's thinking, we haven't had an insignia for months because Dave thinks the shit. Yeah. He's like ready to get him by his neck. I'm going to kill you and all this. And Wayne's like, we haven't got an insignia. We've never had an insignia for months. And he, he like sort of puts him down and he's like, oh, was this not the right place? He went, no, you need to go to Andy's place at the corner down there. And you just think, do I really want to be dealing with these types of people?
1: No. No. Like, yeah my blood pressure couldn't handle it for sure <laughs> yeah, um, you it. just don't and it's the phone calls and everything else that goes with it and yeah it's just um, it? for no you know even if the car doesn't completely go wrong but like you say people started phoning me up wanting 50 quid off me because it didn't have brand new batteries in the car like maybe it's the reason why I try to avoid the phones because I just yeah. I just wouldn't have the I patience you, I just
0: like, you really in your head you just want to say really
1: yeah you
0: know, really yeah Seriously, The closest no.
1: I've been to, like, they're saying about screaming and shouting and whatever, I bought in this old Astra VXR, like 2007 or something, and the local drug dealer up the road bought it, basically. He's yeah. a bloke in his, you know, he's middle-aged, to be honest, Um but he bought this thing. And it turned out, we sent it to, I don't know if I told you this story before or not, I can't remember, but we sent it to MOT and all of its prep and everything. And we didn't, I not realized, but it it was decatted, so it didn't have the catalytic converter in there. So I I had had to buy one, put it in there, got it for its MOT and whatever, and he bought it and off he went. And I remember at the time we are like, we said, sorry, it took a bit longer. I had to get a catalytic converter and put it in there and all that sort of stuff. And um, he was like, oh, well, I'll just rip that out again anyway. And I was like, oh, well, we've got a decat pipe if you want to buy it. I think i get some of my money back. And he's like, no, no, no. And off he went. And we heard it like bombing up and down. Because it was literally right next to the garage. He lived like five doors up. And it was bombing off, wheel spinning everywhere. And you'd see it parked up, like cords hanging out the tires. And he brought it back to us for an MOT the following year. And um, we sent it off. Fails. It's got no cat in it. It's, the tires have got cords hanging out of them. X, Y, O, Z, bushings on the front were all like completely knackered. And um he comes back in, I was like, it's failed because it hasn't got a cat. And he's like, Well, that's how you sold it. And I'm like, oh, I'm not getting into this. I was like, No, we didn't. And I said, I've got the decap pipe still hung up in the workshop if you want to see it. Like, why would I how would I have done that? He's like, Oh no, no, and he was basically threatening, he was gonna take us, he's gonna call Voser and all this sort of stuff, blah, blah, blah. But um, his mate had sort of pulled around the side of the workshop and was giving abuse to everyone over there and he was, you're a con man, you're, blah, blah, you're getting this, the Voza are coming, I'll kick your head in, all this sort of stuff. And I was just like, I was literally about to drag him out through the window, and I realised he had his daughter in the car, you know, must have been like three years old. And I was just like, I was just, oh like just get out of here, just get out of here, like what the hell are you playing at? And obviously never had a Vosa thing, there was never. It was all, they knew exactly what they'd done, but it's just like, no way, do you want to be dealing with this sort of? He won't even. He won't even. He, he walks past because he lives up the road. But he won't even look at us now. It's just like, well, that's good. But if if I hadn't sort of stood up for myself, do you know what I mean? If it was some of the oh, lads in yeah, yeah, yeah. a bit like Ugh, yeah. they'd have carried on. Yeah, yeah, you've,
0: uh, got, you've got to stand. But like my favourite thing, you want to be selling nice cars to nice people. You just want to deal with nice people.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. That's all. Hundred percent.
0: So right, I've got. Yeah, yeah, I better let you get on. But you have ten
1: <laughs> no, no worries
0: forever can't you with
1: this yeah
0: one like what what's your like mantra you live by You quote or it keeps you going what's yeah? Your...
1: um I guess um I've got it tattooed on my chest actually very classily. Yeah, I love
0: this. yeah I love this
1: have I told you it already have I?
0: No, 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 but if you know if you've tattooed it on your chest, yeah. it would be a good bloody mantra.
1: It's uh well no, it's just I don't know if you can even see it. It's it's Latin, so it's acta non verda, verba, so it's actions, not words. It's like it's just for me, it's just like, let's just get on with it. That's not you know, you can talk about it all you want, but let's yeah. uh right. just you know, action beats in action, doesn't it? So let's get something done.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, even if everything's getting on top of you and you just feel like curling up in a ball and Doing fuck all, if you mm. just start doing something, if you just yes. do that just a little bit,
1: even then, if you are still gonna like fall asleep on the sofa or in bed and whatever and cry, at least tidy your room first. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> at least you can be depressed in you know, like some level yeah, of luxury.
0: Well, you know, you don't feel like doing all these warranty claims, but if you just start one just by yeah. making one little phone call and then it gets you going, doesn't it? Yeah, so, yeah, that is the hardest that-
1: thing, even if. Oh, even if you have to, you know, start by, if step one is making a list of these things you need to do and give yeah. yourself that kind of like little buzz of ticking them off. But yeah, that's got, it. yeah, the, yeah.
0: The, Even if it's like make breakfast, just ridiculous things. If, you, if you're in that mindset of, you know, everything's really tough. Now, i done a podcast the other day with this lad and he's he's struggling to just buy his first car. He yeah, just needs to buy anything. just Yeah, it doesn't matter. Just buy anything just to yeah. get yourself going yeah so ju- just do it same same sort of thing yeah 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 so, so yeah mate, yeah thank you very much
1: no for thanks for having me on yeah i more far more organized than the uh than my <laughs> ones, <right>? yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah but i prefer asking questions i mean really, i like listening to i'm just right curious about everybody do you know yeah I mean? yeah i'm yeah, the same about- that's
1: why i love listening to the podcast i think you just get so much from it
0: Yeah, you do, don't you? Because you know we do compare. I was, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm intrigued with like Rory. I'm intrigued with um, Jamie from Carkey. Yeah, all of them. You know what I mean? Like Nick. You know, Nick does it from home, and he seems to have this fantastic living. Yeah. it's just a beautiful job to be in. Even whatever,
1: whatever I've done, I've always wanted some kind of mentor in it. You know, whether it was doing up houses or car sales, yeah. but that's that's always so daunting, isn't it, to find out one person have a one to one with them. But if you can listen to a podcast and still get that same information, yeah, then I'm, I will go you know.
0: back to some of them. Like at Jamie's, I will go back to it and listen to it just to hear his passion in the cars and like. Yeah. They, yeah. They, he like articulates himself, and uh, you know if you're having a bad week or a month, because don't get I mean, there's times where I've, I've never felt like giving up, but if I do have that feeling of oh, it's just getting on top of me, I will listen to a couple of them podcasts just to like yeah, it and yeah, hundred um, percent.
1: Well, you do work. you do have those days, don't you? Where you just think like, is this worth it? You know, whatever's yeah. coming out of it, is it worth having all this? Yeah. But Asshole. what would
0: right. you do instead? But I don't know if you remember from the forum, um, do you remember Super Mini? Super Mini UK? Super Mini?
1: Mm, not sure I can. All
0: oh, right, right. But he was on the forum all the time. And I thought he had it absolutely nailed. He just yep. sold minis. That's all he'd done. He right. like 25 minis in stock. And I know this bloke come last week to the pitch trying to sell some Google ad thing. I said, oh, no, I don't want it because, you know, I've got auto-trade. He said, oh, know. I was a trader myself. I had auto-trade, and I understand. And I said, oh, well, what what, what uh, business were you? And he was like, oh, it was Super Mini UK. I was like, oh, you what, you give it up? He said, yeah, I give it up at Christmas. I just sold all my stock. He said, I just got absolutely fed up with it. Um, and I just couldn't, honestly, I couldn't get my head round it. No. I get my head it. And he said, yeah, but it was... I had like twenty-five cars. I was going and collecting and collecting them myself. I was selling it. Basically, was doing everything. He was just too in the business, and he like he um, he wore himself out basically.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can see how that would be if you're doing it all yourself. But I couldn't. Do you know what? I just, I just, I can't. I'd have to do it if I had to do it. but I just can't envision that taking a job with someone these days. I can't. I've I've been self-employed since you know the age of like. Well, at least the last ten years, if not you know longer, really. When I was working doing the plumbing for my dad, I was running the business as the boss. If you know what I mean, so yeah, yeah, um, yeah. It would be tough, I, wouldn't it?
0: I always say I, I, that I've never had a job. Like I've never the day I retired was when I, I used to work for me dad painting and decorating yeah. until I was about nineteen. And the day that I gave that up was the day that I retired from yeah. work. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, I like that. Since I like then that. I just, it, I've just pissed them out for like twenty
3: odd
1: years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, as long as you're enjoying it and you get something out of it, you know. Okay. I just can you, I just feel sorry for people who are working there like nine to fives and that's why as a boss I want everyone to feel like they're rewarded and they yeah. enjoy their job. Yeah.
2: Because yeah. I couldn't
1: I couldn't work uh, yeah. I want everyone to work hard and I want everyone to respect and whatever, but yeah, yeah just yeah. doing your yeah. nine yeah. to five and clocking in, clocking out.
0: Oh, that's it. Because I went, I went to CrossFit this morning and said, oh, you're all right. You had a good weekend. And he went, oh, it just goes too quick. And then my head, I'm thinking, I fucking hate days because I can't wait for Monday. To yeah, meet.
1: yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah.
0: It, it's you know, you've got to thank your lucky stars, haven't you, that you're doing something that you really enjoy.
1: Yeah, 100%. 100%.